0: Welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Roundup Rodeo. The very best of last week's rugby coaching webinars and podcasts reviewed by host Phil Flewellyn and his special guests.
1: Howdy, and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Roundup Rodeo. I'm your host, Phil Llewellyn, and I'm delighted you've decided to join us. Because either you listened last week and wanted to come back, which is excellent, or you have found us for the first time and decided to join us. Uh, So either way, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. I'm pleased to say this week I've corralled in three thoroughbreds from the world of coaching. Gents, if you'd like
2: to introduce yourselves, where you are from, and your current role. Uh, yeah, cheers Phil, Jared Mullen, so from, from Ireland originally but been in the UK for about 10 years now. Current role is Head Coach at Loughborough Students, uh, RFC.
3: Cheers G, uh, my name is Richie Williams from South Wales originally, moved up to England in 2002 um, and currently my role is Head Coach, Director of Rugby of Cambridge Rugby Club.
0: Yeah, hi Phil, uh, Aaron Tackle. Um, from a small town called Chepstow on the Welsh side of the Severn Bridge, originally moved to uh, Canada in two thousand and six, and currently uh, manager of growth and development in British Columbia, uh, based out of Vancouver.
1: Superb, gents! Absolute pleasure to have you here. Two Welshmen and Irishmen. We're definitely going to need subtitles <laughs> again this week, so I'll I'll make sure I get them in. Not a problem. My my weekly terrible uh, cowboy jokes. So here we go. What type of car does a cowboy drive? Audi partner. Thank you.
3: Yeah. There we oh.
1: go. <laughs> very good, um, Phil. Very good. Thanks, thanks. I was, I was waiting for that. Good stuff. I'm going to run through the format briefly, and then we can get into things. So we'll be discussing and reviewing some of the CPDs that have taking place over the last couple of weeks. Uh, there continues to be lots of uh, engaging content out there so hopefully this will be a one-stop shop for the key points and perhaps some ideas on what to go back and watch or listen to if you missed out Uh, there's no headline webinar this week so all four of us have picked a different piece of content and we will share our thoughts on those in turn one of these will be a non-rugby related cpd which hopefully helps bring some new information into the world of rugby finally there'll be a quick rundown of what the guys are looking forward to in the coming week Links to all of the content we discuss can be found in the blurb, accompanying the podcast, so please do have a look. Cool, we'll get into it. G, we're coming to you first. What uh, what caught your eye this week?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, last week I watched the, the Magic Academy, the, the low numbers, but, um, you know, tuning this week for, for, for the high numbers, uh, obviously with uh, Lee, Lee Blacker came on uh, which, with Jacob Amaga, you know, which I, I really enjoyed that. It was great to have. A player's perspective, alongside the coach, um, I thought you know we got some great insights into what you know the coach is asking for the player and and, and what the the player sees as well and what he puts value on. But no, I, I thought I thought it was a you know a, a str- really, really strong conversation, and for me, I, I you know I liked I liked a lot of the the views and things that come across that came across from it. I suppose as a as a starting point, I really liked how Lee spoke about the importance of getting your, your DNA correct. I, I think that's massive for, for clubs and especially the way you want to play the game. I think I've been a part of places myself before where you, you have coaches that, you know, they want to have a different way of how they attack, defend or in set piece, but it's all got to be linked. You know, I think having an overall DNA at the top and then how your areas fit into that, I think is, is absolutely crucial. And I think a lot of teams and, you know, even there, my, uh, myself before, you know, you made that error in terms of like you get too focused on a specific area of the game, but actually, is it linked to your overall and, and general philosophy? So I just thought that was a really good starting point. I, I suppose other things you know spoke about kind of linked in from last week as well, which you know the Lancaster one, just the importance now of of upskilling your, your forwards. You know, and for me, and how you can be a bit more specific around that. I think you know we we obviously tried to do. A lot of core skills in our environment, but then just for me, can we be a bit more specific around it? So, for example, getting our forwards working on their their tip passes or their passes at the back a lot more off rather than just generic passes. Um, so something else I took, you know, just to be a bit more specific uh, with with the forwards on that, and you know, we're always putting that into their unit sessions or whatever it is to be consistent on that. Obviously, spoke a lot about transition attack. The main thing I liked what Lee was saying was, as soon as possible, try to get it to a player who's coming onto the ball. So, i.e. that would probably be people you have in the backfield waiting for a kick, so maybe you're nine and you're fullback, because they can actually come onto the ball at pace and see opportunity very quickly. So I thought that was a, you know, a good way of looking at it, uh, which, which I quite liked. And, and I think as well, he, he said they've learned in, the, in their environment in terms of, I think it's going back to what I said there about that top line philosophy is that, you know, I think a time for too much coaching defense or attack, but actually, you know, if if there's a turnover, you know, don't blow the whistle quickly, allow a couple of phases at least to play out where you're giving players opportunities to transition more from, from attack to defense or defense to attack, because, you know, it's such an important part of the game, which, which was, which was great. I think, I think a lot of coaches and environments are guilty of trying to put too much structure and, on that on that area of the game whereby, you know, Lee and certainly what Stuart said last week, you know, it's just about playing to opportunity, moving the ball to space, you know, don't think too much about the detail. Like, one of the quotes he said was that too much detail can hurt talent and I, and I really agree with that. You know, detail should only be important if it's enhancing talent or enhancing principles of play. You know, you want to give players options to move the ball but obviously free them within those frameworks. So, I suppose that's just a little summary of kind of the key points I, I, I took from from that conversation the other night, um, which I just thought was re- really simple, really effective, really really clear points. Love that,
3: thanks G. Yeah, I think G and I messaged after the the webinar, and again we spoke around. It was quite refreshing to to listen to to or one of the younger players that they've got at Wasps, and probably how his role and his leadership is come to fruition probably since Christmas I think the thing that jumped out for me from the the whole webinar was um, I think Lee Blackett defined um, WASP's identity at the moment they want to be known as the decision-making team you know I think that that's that's really encouraging to, to relate to certainly the environment that I'm working in is there's been a big emphasis on those young players and them demonstrating those leadership qualities, which, you know, a lot of coaches talk about. But for me to, to listen to, you know, Jacob Uman talk about his confidence, how he can stand up, you know, in front of some really experienced international players, um, how he's built his relationship with the likes of Jimmy Gopeth and Sopoanga and how well those three work together. So that, that was really encouraging to hear that, you know, a team... As, as good as wasps having that environment where not just the the senior players are able to you know to, to talk about any issues that they have but even some of the younger players and how they're comfortable to do that so that was for me a
2: really sort of big thing to come from the whole webinar i love i love that um you know that, that decision making team thing you know we actually did similar chat ourselves as as coaches in Lisa. you know and i think a lot of times like say for example you're in your own 22 or I think a lot of teams are very clear, oh, we're going to kick here or whatever. But, you know, for me, it's not your decision-making team. You set up with options. If it's on to run, you run. You know, if not, you can kick. And, you know, it was just great to hear that from, from a coach in, in the premiership whereby, you know, obviously a lot of coaches there are fearful of their jobs, but actually to to be encouraging and giving the players the the freedom to make those decisions, I thought was um, was a great thing. And, you know, I think obviously we saw Wasp play some great rugby, obviously, before, um, obviously before we had to stop, yeah.
1: Do you think the days of players that don't make decisions are gone and and I'll qualify that by saying there's obviously varying levels of influence and decision your halfbacks are going to make you know probably way more decisions than you lose said potentially but but some of those players that have been in the game for maybe a long time that kind of
2: abdicate decision making do you think they're they're on their way out um yeah I mean I must have done the way out. I, I think the way the game is 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 going. You know, it's. I think rugby worldwide it's quite generic in terms of teams. A lot of teams play the same way. If it's a uh, you know stuff like one three three one or that, it actually it actually cringes me out. But a lot of teams do the same things in attack in defence. Want to get the ball back quickly in defence or whatever it is. But I think it's your ability to, you know execute decisions under pressure and core skills under pressure and play the game faster than your opposition which is going to be your your main advantages in my opinion so i completely agree yeah yeah i'm not a big fan of the telephone number kind
1: of structure where we're just (laughs) numbers across the field but that's cool
0: gee you picked up a little bit there on something that uh, i've been in a discussion with with some other coaches um there was a lot of talk around transition and support and and good Coaching practices, so um or or good habits or getting out of bad habits. What are some of our bad habits as coaches? And one of them was, you know, uh, finishing finishing line breaks, finishing tries. Uh I think Jake talked a little about body height and contact as well. So it was an interesting discussion I had with a couple of coaches. curious to see what your guys' thoughts are on some stereotypical bad habits that we have in our in our training environments. Is there anything that springs to mind?
2: I think for us, definitely was the you know, we were too, too quick on the whistles for sure in, in specific you know if it was attack or defence if, if the ball did um, did turn over you know and I, we actually had a good chat today and I think one of our, our new defence principles is going to be finish the job so actually when we do get it back let's let's go and score as a, as a coaching team yes just just to not be as quick on, on the whistle I think is a big thing for us
3: I think for me Aaron that's, that's, that's a great question and probably something that uh, resonated with me uh, listening to um, Jacob again talking about how Wasps are structuring their training sessions and I think a lot of it has potentially come from that loss or post that loss against Leicester since Wasps have sort of kicked on but the, the big thing for me was around and again looking at our environment that, that we've sort of had at Cambridge was sometimes we're very guilty as a, as a coaching team of being really rigid in our training sessions and trying to stick to time Whereas I think if there's opportunities, if players, and we're encouraging players to be these decision makers, um, to take ownership of a game plan, if they, if something happens in a conditioned game, rather than moving on to the, you know, the next practice, is allowing those players to, to feedback to the wider group, you know, and again, it's that in time feedback that's really, really important. And again, I think they referenced at Wasps if something does happen. Um, you know in one of the practices that they're doing then there's time to have that informal conversation between players so that that was um, another thing that was really positive to hear
1: Richie we'll stick with you so if you would uh, like to introduce your content from this week
3: yeah I, I've gone uh, a little bit off paced I think I watched the uh, the Magic Academy webinar that, that G has just spoke about and I'm picked up on some really good things from that but the one that caught my eye this week was um, a webinar from uh, Professor Wade Gilbert and it was on the GAA website over in Ireland and the, the main title of the the webinar was Becoming a Better Coach and again a, a bit of context for, for why I was really interested by this was I'd listened to um, some previous webinars and some conversations that Wade Gilbert had had and I think probably the the variety of environments that he's been involved in and the variety of sports. You know, again, he spends a lot of his time where he's based in California at the university. He has um, exposure to a lot of Olympic athletes looking at team sports, looking at individual sports. So, you know, that the title, whilst it was pretty uh, wide and pretty um, big topic and becoming a better coach, the way that he simplified the webinar really stood out for me and, if I can break it down to, to try and simplify some of the things that I got from it were, uh, he spoke a lot around how we develop the athlete. So the athlete is obviously central to everything um, around development. And he, he pinpointed four the four C's, the four C's being confidence, how we can develop that as coaches, looking at competence within the group, um, the connections, which is something that is um, really pivotal at the moment. And the other one is how we develop character, so a lot of the discussion was was based around those four key components on how um, how he thinks that um, we can develop our players. And again, for me, there was some really good theory behind the good practice as well. Um, he then went on to talk in a little bit more detail around um, how we can probably enhance that, that flow or that utopia that we all try and look for in our coaching environments. And the way that he related that to, to this presentation was he looked at the challenge skills quadrant. So on the vertical axis, there was a um, high amount of challenge at the top, low amount of challenge at the bottom. And on the horizontal axis, there was skill low and skill high on the on the right side. And for him, he said, for us to get into that level of flow, we need to be making sure that our players are challenged and everything that they're doing. But there's also that high element of skill as well. And again, he said, if you're able to, to get into that quadrant, that would you know allow for for flow in your game, which in turn would hopefully result in in better and more consistent performances. So that that was really interesting the way that he worded that and the the models that he was able to apply to that. Um, the third thing that he spoke about, which was again was a, a big one for me, was developing trust within your group. Uh, that that was something that he looked at and explored in you know, a number of different ways looking at, you know, how we model good behavior as coaches. Um, and he referenced John Wooden, one of the, you know, the, the greatest coaches from, um, from American coaching and spoke about and referenced the pyramid of success and how John Wooden had a number of key uh, values and key behaviors that underpinned everything. But um, how love and that relationship with your coaching group was, was probably the core of everything that they did. And then the, the the final thing was was about developing, you know, culture. And he used the phrase of just quite apt with where we're at at the moment as spreading the virus, you know, and, and infecting others. So, you know, the, the point that he made was whilst as coaches, we can talk around the, you know, the environment and how positive the culture is. He spoke about how much more powerful it is when players spread that to, you know, to other players. And again, over time, your environment becomes really attractive for other people to come and get involved in. So yeah, it was a really good one, really interesting webinar, some great questions at the end from coaches from different sports as well. And probably the the key takeaway for me was how we can sort of apply a lot of those things into the environment that I'm coaching at. But no, some great stuff. And again, be interested to know you know the other guys' thoughts on that and you know any any questions that you know that they can think of.
0: You you finished there around applying it to your own practice. What was your number one Thing that you're thinking of? How can I get this now theory to practice with my players? What was the one thing you think you might implement? First? Yeah,
3: probably a couple of things, Aaron. I think probably the main one was looking at how we feedback to players. And again, he spoke about the push and pull factor and how they're at sort of both you know opposite ends of the spectrum. And again, what I think we've learned as a coaching team with the environment that we're in is. Once you understand your players, you know how to operate along that line. You know whether you need to um, to pull some stuff out of players to you know to to get feedback from them. Whether some players you need to push a little bit harder. So, for me, it probably confirmed that you know, every player is different and there's there's not sort of one size that fits all. So that that was a real big one. But it also reinforced how important that environment and that culture is, and how that's an ongoing process. So again, a lot of the webinars and conversations that I've been having with other coaches have been based around how we can create this environment that challenges players, you know, that, that in turn hopefully brings um, the, the, the maximum potential out of them.
2: I mean, I was really interested in that. I mean, um, you spoke about obviously play, like players, obviously driving and, and, and leading culture. You know, I think, you know, I've always had problems in our environment for maybe the nature of our players, but they're still not comfortable are challenging each other on, on their habits and, you know, and behaviours. I mean, what I mean? do you feel that's something you, you have which is going well in your environment at the moment or how would you look to do that?
3: I think it's better now, due from what it was. So, yeah. you know, my, my first year there were, probably over time you learn of some of the characters in your environment that could be toxic, you know, if they weren't included in that first team squad. And I think over time you learn about the different personalities that you've got but how important it is to to develop those those connections with everybody and and probably for us the biggest thing was giving the players more ownership more responsibility around you know what behaviors they saw as being important for the, you know for the club and I think I was guilty certainly in my early stages of coaching of going in and trying to push all the values and the behaviors that were pertinent to me whereas I think now the, the environment that we're in uh, the behaviors that the, that have come from the players directly um, and a lot of those behaviors and values are the same as what we discuss as a coaching team so I think there's definitely a lot more cohesion between the playing group and the coaching group you know we're, we're not where we want to be yet but I, I, I think we're in a pretty good position now where if the behaviors and the values fall below the standards that the players have set I think they're the leadership group that we have you know our club will challenge behaviors which again is a real positive thing but again as with anything it's it's important to to really drive those standards and and again as as sort of wade gilbert mentioned it's it's being modeling those good practices and those good behaviors as well as a coach.
1: Aaron coming across to you what is uh, what's your piece of content?
0: Predominantly based around one um for for those of you that don't know, I have a bit of a background in performance analysis. Um, I was the analyst with the Canadian national team for a couple of years, and there's been a couple of uh, webinars. Starting with Kaz Morgan was on Magic Academy, uh, and there were two other ones this week. The one um, that I took a lot away from, not because it was an, um, purely on the analysis side of things, but more because there's some really good coaching practice that can be taken away from it. So one who's the, the Scottish analyst um, presented on. Um, how to implement analysis in a community game, um, which I think is really, really relevant to to most coaches out there in the community. So one of the things that that hit me straight away is is in these lockdown times, is just the functionality of Zoom, uh, checking for understanding, especially if you're connecting with players over over meetings like this. Uh, The poll function was used quite well, um, just to show and share a little bit of information. uh, And then in real time, starting to check for understanding um, using the poll function to find out what, what people are thinking or what are they seeing. I think it's a really good coaching skill. Um, it's a, it's a really good teaching and learning skill. Um, so that was, that was one that I, that I uh, really liked about it. Uh, you also touched a lot on is that most coaches have uh, a phone with a camera on in their pocket um, or, or a tablet used and, and talked a lot around the use of um, using the resources you have. Analysis doesn't necessarily have to have um, a lot of financial resources behind it. Um, there was a really good free app that was available that was um, looked at called Video Delay, um, and essentially the premise is that you can set the delay function on the camera so that a player can perform a tackle, for example, and then 10, 15, 20 seconds later it will show that. So they're starting to go into the, into the world of self-correction, observation, analysis, um, and, and self-reflection, which I thought was really, really powerful. A free app that you can get on most phones and, and most tablets. Um, the other big, really good one that I saw that I took away from it is um, the screen record function that you get on a lot of laptops now. Is the the ability to uh, record your voice over the top of um, short video clips, um, and then being able to share that through apps like WhatsApp um, to say um, you know send it out to your team and say. Here's what we're going to do tonight. So almost using it as a, as a preview of training um, to get that out ahead of time makes you maximize your efficiency once you're in front of players. Um, so it might be, uh, take a look at, we've done this before. Here are some of the key takeaways from last time. We're going to do this again tonight at training, um, just so that you've got an understanding of, of what, uh, what might be happening going forward, um, which I thought was really, really um, interesting as well just to use technology to, to help you with your coaching practice. There was a lot around meetings as well. I think it's um, something that isn't discussed a lot. Uh, as, as, you know, a lot of our, us working in the coaching world, we do have meetings and I, and I don't think that they're particularly well uh, constructed because I don't know if there's a lot of knowledge behind that. Um, so we talked a little bit about his learnings from the Golden State Warriors. They almost had... Uh, a key value of, of three, there was a theme of three. So three key points, three different ways you might deliver those points. Um, so that you're touching on different learning styles, uh, three clips per point or three messages per clip, just to make sure that again, you know, uh, you're not bringing players into a training environment, you're having a 40 minute um, meeting and taking up that valuable time. So how can you work in and around that meeting space? It was something when I was working as an analyst, it was probably... Uh, a really big area of a work on. Um, a lot of coaches will tell you I never have a meeting last more than 15 minutes and I haven't seen a, a coach manage to achieve that yet. Um, so that was, that was a really good one. Um, and then the final thing I think is a, another good learning point for um, players at the moment, dealing with players in lockdown was uh, a project of learning from the best so getting players to uh, review what they think is best practice and bring it back to your groups. Um, so it might be that you look at some of the best club or international teams in a certain area um, and have players present that back and, and how that might uh, affect your training environment or the way that you start to put your own team philosophy together.
2: It's bit really interesting. We've actually been trying to you know, do, do some similar things with, with our players and you know, challenging them to you know, watch them the world's best. I think you know, the, the quality of what they're coming back with is, is great. You know? I think what you mentioned about the, the meeting stuff is, you know, is spot on. I think. I remember in previous years we 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 went through the process of actually asking players out in the pitch what well, what can they remember from the meeting you know and they could tell tell us absolutely probably nothing so and we we probably just didn't get together as as you know whoever was delivering the meeting you know enough staff or, or players and make sure we really were joined up because I think you you say three key points and then like you might have a coach or a player or a captain and you want to go three key points and you, you probably end up with nine ten points but actually. Know what's 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 the one main point you want to give and and really try and focus in on that I think is a is is a massive challenge but it's really important that you can simplify I think your your messages as much as possible to give players optimum clarity when they go out on onto the pitch and what you're looking for so no, I fully agree I think it's a great great point yeah.
1: Do you guys think there maybe we focus too much on the time of a meeting? So the reason I ask that is, is I 100% agree with Aaron's point around lots of people will say, oh, my meetings only last this amount. Well, maybe we need to refocus like G said on actually just this is the content. Because if a meeting runs on for 40 minutes because the players are really engaged and they're sharing information with each other and there's learning happening, I wouldn't want to stop that because I've gone, oh my God, my meeting's gone over 15 minutes but uh, so, you know, are we in a position where we're kind of losing track of maybe it's about the level of engagement within a meeting. If it needs to be short, sharp and it's 10 minutes, great. Or actually this can be longer because hopefully they're going to get into it and they're going to get into some of the detail beyond just a real, you know, snappy me presenting two things and we're done.
0: I think Phil, for me, it's um, a lot of coaching is around being intentional on what you're doing and understanding what you're doing and knowing why. Um, so uh, they talked a little bit about priming a meeting. So warming the brain up. You wouldn't go out into the field and just get straight into, into something, you know, high level. Um, so, so warming the brain up with a, with a primer, making sure that you're touching on different learning styles, um, put getting the message across um, different I, ways. I
1: I'm going to really I'm interrupt. Learning styles definitely get <laughs> a yeehaw <laughs> lots of evidence saying learning styles are not a thing so yeah you can rephrase that if you like mate
0: no i'm gonna stick with learning styles okay <laughs> <Yeehaw him> again <laughs> um and i think it's about using different skills again as you would as a coach using emotion using humor um using challenges just engaging the brain in different ways there you go does that count yeah. phil
1: Oh yeah, that I'm all over that. Engaging the break <laughs> in different ways is my new thing. I love
2: it. Yeah, no, I think it's a good. I think it's a good point, Phil. I think yeah, I think there's certain times where you might want to get set the players certain tasks and you know give them time to explore stuff, and that's I think you're okay then to go, have longer meetings in those in those situations uh, for yeah. sure.
3: I think Aaron great point on the priming before you, you know your analysis. That's that's something that we got better at as the season went on. Is and again. We use WhatsApp for everything now. That seems to be the the best method for a lot of our, you know, profile of the players that we've got. So we'd send a lot of the video stuff out on the afternoon before training, and then when you come to the meeting, we found that our meetings were a lot shorter as a result of that. So that that's that's a really good sort of strategy to do that. What we found, Phil, and going back to your sort of question around you know, have we got set times to do something? I, I think it for us a lot of it is governed by the amount of time that we've got in the week to train, you know, with that Tuesday and Thursday, there's only a, a small amount of time that we've got on the training pitch. So we, as a rule of thumb, we'll try and have short meetings, but, but use those primers, as Aaron said, to, to try and speed up that whole process. Yes, there'll be times when players have delivered some of the, the, the preview and review this season, and that has tended to go on a little bit longer. But if you look at the engagement of the wider group, I'd still say that was effective to do a 20, 25 minute meeting. So again, it's it's different for the the scenarios that you're in. Um, Aaron, can I have a couple, there's a couple of questions. There's about three questions in one. So um, it's a bit messy, so apologies. But first one, from sort of your experiences as a, you know, as an analyst for a a national team, do you find that the relationship now between coach and analyst is changing? Um, Is there now more of a, a reliance and more of a trust with the analyst as being a, almost an extra coach?
0: Yeah, I think the answer to that is it depends and, and what it depends on is the coach. Um, I think that if the coach, uh, if there's a level of trust and understanding uh, and if the coach feels that they they truly are on the same page as far as messaging uh, content and that, that there won't be mixed messages, I think it, it's such an invaluable relationship now that, yeah, um, I think Eddie Jones talked about it in a podcast a couple of weeks ago around that they're just a different type of coach now. So, but there are, you know, realistically that is isn't every environment. Um, there are still coaches that potentially don't use their analysts for, to their full potential, don't trust, um, or, or just do what they do. Been done, and I don't think it, you know it's evolving, but uh, some some environments evolving faster than others okay
3: and generalizing a lot do, you, do we feel you know collectively is there more of an appetite from players to have um, more analysis, more individual stuff, or do we find again it's it's not one size fits all because again for, from our experience, we've got a lot of our younger players that you know crave. That, that analysis and again we've not explored the sort of peer analysis yet but again uh, you know, there could be opportunities there further down the line for players in the same position to sort of peer analyse each other and pick up strengths and weaknesses so again I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah I think some of the the best learning outcomes that I've seen is is a peer-to-peer. Um, I was fortunate enough actually to to run a session where uh, that was two teams rather than two individuals, which was really powerful. Um, it was, so I, I was working with a team, one province there was another province. they were playing each other in a double header uh, with a day off in between, and the day off was actually a, a review session where they talked about what did the other team do well, what are the, some of the things they might want to think about that they can work on, meeting with your your opposite number to talk about how they made you feel comfortable and uncomfortable during the session that stuff I think is really valuable. But again, it depends on your environment and whether the players buy into that. I think the individual information is valuable, but I think there's a, I, I have a biases to the process to that because I think you need to understand the bigger picture, the satellite view before you start getting down to, the, to, to really getting into the small details. Mm. And I think if you go into the details too quickly, you lose the context of the game. Um, and I think that there's a lot of valuable stuff that gets missed if you go straight to the detail on, on the individual level.
1: My, my piece of content this week is the 7th Heaven podcast. For anyone that hasn't picked this up, it is, I think, an excellent insight into the lives and experiences of professional players and it's beautifully balanced between discussions, stories and inside jokes. So this week, Marcus Watson and Rory McConaughey joined Joe Burns and then England players Tom Mitchell and Rich DeCarpentier. So it's a really, really informal listen. They just chat about their their you know their kind of their lives and their experiences on on the world seven circuit about being at the olympics and just the uh yeah, how they've how they've got gone through that process and they share some brilliant, brilliant stories and it's very, very funny. Loads of talk this week about pathways to the pro game and just how Rory's and Marcus's pathway couldn't have been more different. So Marcus was basically an academy player pretty much all the way through. He did a lot of England age group stuff and and then moved into into the sevens and then back over to 15s. Rory went kind of completely the opposite. So there was no academy involvement. He went to university Apparently his coach at uni was quite good and that deserves a yeehaw because it was. <laughs> so I have called a yeehaw myself. He came through as a late developer, but, but just listening to the difference in, you know, they both got to the same outcome in, in very, very different ways. Rory also shared a, a really fascinating story about his experiences with England in the build up to the World Cup just around his injury setbacks i'm not going to tell retell the story because i won't do it justice but it it really is worth a listen ben ryan episode dropped this week but um key key learnings or key takeaways for me that there is no set pathway for any player players are also always just people and, and feel the pressure and the expectation themselves let alone you know the external pressure and stuff that comes on them so i i still see a lot of Even with the hashtag #BeKind, I still see a lot of abuse and a lot of open criticism of of guys on social media and of players. And I just think actually, you know, listening to some of that insight, and I'd love to hear more of that from more players because I think it really humanizes them, and, and people can maybe just understand like they're never. Going out, planning on making mistakes, or planning on getting injured, or planning on dropping a ball, or something like that. Like that—that's just realities of the game, and we maybe hold them to high higher standard when it comes to that type of stuff. So, yeah, a, a really a really easy listen, um, but a lot of a lot of fun and some and some great uh, great learnings as well. Uh, time for the round. Ra- oh no, what are we looking forward to next week? So, what uh, what's on the agenda? What are you guys looking at? What are you thinking will be good to uh, to catch up with? Sorry, so, uh, I
2: think. Tuesday, I think obviously I think Stuart Lancaster's doing like a defence, a defence defense, um, webinar should be good. Obviously, the tackle was really good. I think that's Tuesday at seven o'clock. Uh, I think it's on the same night as well. But I'm going to try catch. I'll record it. I think is um, a game centre approach. With the GA running that by with Shane Pill. So I think those two are the ones I've uh, I've got down in my diary for sure. You know, I'm excited about them. Nice. I hope Stuart doesn't borrow any of my
1: slides because uh, I'd want credit if he does. So just
3: uh, very, Aaron, very, clev- very clever, Phil, sorry, to put your um, fantastic webinar last week, the week before Stuart Lancaster came on. I don't know if that was coincidence or if that was planned.
1: No, that was, that was hastily planned with Mark from Coach Logic. <laughs> so as soon as Stuart's one happened on the Tuesday, because there'd been no defence stuff and I was like, no, we'll get it in, we'll get it in and it took ages because I stupidly set myself the task of using no pro footage. So then I had to go back and find like old databases with footage and stuff, which was just a pain. So one of those great ideas you have when you set out on something and then go, this is just taking 10 times longer because I've not done something else. But, um, yeah, as soon as I saw, as soon as Stuart said, Yeah, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with a defence one, I'm like, Mark, we need to get it in this week. I don't care when it is, but I'm not following Stuart. Like, you've got no chance. So, yeah, definitely setting the tone, I think. That's cool.
3: <laughs> uh, go on, Richie, what uh, were you looking forward to this week? Uh, yeah, same as G. I think the, the Stuart Lancaster one has jumped out at me next Tuesday. I'm looking forward to see, um, with him coaching both sides the ball, the attack and the defence, how he, how he applies you know, some of his defensive stuff. So that, that's exciting. The other one is from one of your guests last week, Liam Dunzeith, is um, hosting a webinar on the Warrior, it's called the Warrior Webinar, which is looking at um, the Tongan World Cup journey with Grant DeRay, who is their assistant coach. So that, that's something to look forward to. And just one other random one that's not a webinar, but it's a podcast, I thought I'd throw that in as well is... Um, it's called the fly-in game and you've got Steve Kerr, the, um, the Warriors NBA coach with, um, Pete Carroll who coaches the Seattle Seahawks. And they've done two podcasts so far based around, um, whole different topics around coaching environments, coaching behaviors, and it's about 40 minutes long. So yeah, that, that's going to be aired next, I think it's next Wednesday. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Nice. Look forward to that. Aaron?
0: Yeah, uh, obviously I had Lancaster on, on my list. Um, I'm not sure what Magic Academy have got coming up this week, but I've been connecting with with almost all of their stuff, and it, there's been some real quality stuff. Um, some of the some of the other things that I've found, um, I'm actually going to try and catch up with a couple of things. So, uh, podcast wise, and there's also some pretty good um, workouts for the players. There's a guy called Peter Breen who runs Rugby Bricks. Um, I'm not sure if anybody's connected with that yet but there's some some good skills workouts you can do in isolation and and some good podcasts on there um also new south wales have got quite a good coaching library on their youtube page um the one that i watched this week was scott wisemantle um and i've actually got a a follow-up one-to-one with him on monday which i'm really looking forward to just to pick his brain a little bit more on that you know again the coach logic site is is open and and there's some non-rugby content on there i know there's one about parents as well that i want to to catch up with so so
1: yeah rich was putting that one out he did one a couple of weeks ago non-perfect dad so yeah they're definitely worth checking out i've only got a couple this week so joint venture between bc rugby rugby alberta and rugby nova scotia it's on monday and uh 10 o'clock uk time um so i think that's to pacific time and then working their way across canada there's too many time zones for me to work it out for all of them that is uh, aaron you're on that so uh, a shameless plug for you um but that's going to be three coaches watch and review a canada under 20 women's fixture and the twist is the uh, the hoster for it is actually the women's under 20 coach so just a really nice nice twist that he's going to be facilitating some kind of conversation around his coaching the team that he's coaching so that'll be uh, that'll be cool other one is on friday uh, 10 o'clock till 12 and that's the st mary's university performance analysis department are running a performance analysis and talent ID takeover. So I think they've got like five or six different people all with like 15 minute slots um, and just running through for a kind of a couple of hours, which, which looks really, really interesting. And they've all got slightly different topics and what they're presenting on. So that will be cool superb right time for me to round up the roundup uh we hope you find it useful thank you to my three guests for that excellent insight links to all the content discussed will be shared in the podcast blurb please subscribe like and share And as we ride off into the sunset i'd like to wish you all the best stay safe and go well